and welcome to the Fantasy Rewind Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dylan Stoll, and I'm joined as always by my friend, Michael Wifford. Hey! So today, we're going to be diving back into Willow, episode 6, titled... Prisoners of Skellen. The Prisoners of Skellen. Alright, so before we get into our episode deep dive here, I'm going to give out the typical reminders... If you want to email the show, you can do so at fantasyrewindpod at gmail.com. You could always also get at us on Twitter, which is at fantasyrewind. Or we're on Instagram, which is at fantasyrewindpod. All right, so without any farther delay, let's dive into the rewind. Fantasy Rewind. Okay, so episode six, Dylan, what were your big impressions, big thoughts on this episode? So overall, I actually quite like this episode. I thought that it had a lot of cool beats that I enjoyed. Um, some kind of funny ones as well, like when the trolls mm-hmm. first get introduced, like, oh, hello there. <laughs> Just basically <laughs> reminding me of Jim Carrey's Grinch. <laughs> and the way that they oh, talk. Oh yeah, no, definitely. And just like having them be like like we talked about last episode, having the trolls have a society albeit one that's a little bit brutal and seemed a little bit deceptive, actually, in their nature. But I thought it was a fun yeah. episode. I thought it was a good return to form of what I was hoping for with this series after a little bit of a letdown for me personally in episode five. What about you? Yeah, but without episode five, we don't get this episode, you know? So True. Hand in hand, right? True. I'd agree with pretty much everything you said there. I really enjoyed this episode. I thought this was, again, going back on that path of just increasing the quality of each episode and uh, how the story's progressing. I really liked Allagash's yep. character and how he was introduced and the role he played in all this. Um, kind of sad that he's gone already. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought it was really interesting because like, he comes in and they're like, who are you? I'm Mad Mardigan. And we're like, no, you're not. Stop lying. Yeah. And then everyone basically turns on him and is like, come on, who are you really? We know Mad Mardigan. You're not him. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that Allagash was a fun addition to the episode. One of the things about this episode that I thought was quite interesting, and we can talk about this a little bit more in depth if you want to, mm-hmm. but it's the concept of a reliable narrator and how that applies to both Allagash as well as to our little bro-man friend there for Borman. Yeah, Borman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. About how, like, who is actually telling the truth? Are either of and them actually know. telling the truth? And, like, how much of the truth is being told? Because both of yeah. these characters, Allagash and Borman, rely heavily on the fact that nobody else was there. You can't confirm or deny mm-hmm. what I'm saying. And just having that aspect be illustrated in the way it was on the show when these two opposite tales come to a head, was very interesting. Yeah, it was. And I want to say it wasn't quite as satisfactory as I wanted it to be. Yeah. Like, it it did end up turning into kind of a, like, sort of a funny moment, you know, with them fighting. And you still leave this episode like, I don't know who actually told the truth. Exactly what I wanted to bring up, yeah. And it's, it's kind of funny because, like, Kit and nobody else sort of is just like, well which one of you actually is telling the truth? You know, no one sort of made them come out with it. And at certain points you thought, okay, well, Borman told the truth or no. Okay. Allagash told the truth. And so if that was, is that's the intention of, you know, the producers and the writers for this episode to like us leaving and being like, is Borman actually good? Is he not like, 
We don't know what actually happened, and I'm sure by the end of the season, or at least by the end of the series, we will have an answer to that. But um, I'm I'm really interested to see how this sort of falls out, or if there's any fallout at all. There might not be. Yeah, and like one of the things that I was really expecting there to be was some sort of resolution as to, okay, whose side of the story is actually factual. And we kind of got that answer a little bit with Elagash sacrificing himself to like take on the trolls, but it almost seemed like a worthless and needless sacrifice on his oh, part. Oh, agreed. Yeah. But like at the same time, like it seemed to me like that was almost an admission of guilt in a sense. Yeah, I do too. That was sort of probably my lasting thought on it was him sacrificing himself. That one, the one little snip snippet between him and Borman where, you know, cause he's wearing the curious, he had the key, I guess, but he got hurt with it. And Borman was like, it's because you lied or because like you weren't worthy or whatever. And I don't know. One, I don't even know if that's actually the curious. Exactly what I was going to say as well. I was going to say, is that even the curious? Because it looked like a rusted piece of like leather. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. I was like, that's not really the curious, is it? No, no. Um, but yeah, I thought that all in all, that tension between Borman and Allagash provided a nice little um, stepping stone for that concept of unreliable narrator but again i really wish there was a little bit more a little bit more resolution and i wish it was addressed by other characters like you brought up because kit kind of is like well just tell me what happened to my dad i don't care about this like pissing contest between you two like what's going on here like tell me the truth where's my dad yeah. and so i'm really i'm really interested to see if like they do have it be that Mad Mardigan is in this other dimension or other realm because of Kit, like, hearing those voices, calling to her. And, but one of the things, I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself. No, you're here. you're good. You're good. But one of the things I wanted to bring up, too, is that Kit, again, just reminded me of why I hate her as a character in this episode. Because of her reaction to the voice of Mad Mardigan saying, protect you know, protect Alora, basically. And mm-hmm. she's like, my dad always cared about you more than me. I hate you. Uh. I know, but at least in this case, it's validated in a sense because she was like, I'm so close. I just got to go through this weird doorway, which there's no explanation for or anything. And I just want like a little bit more information about where he went. Like what happened there? Like it, it, it almost felt like that whole scene in the tomb was too rushed. In my opinion. Yeah. And um, I just wanted a little bit more time, a little bit more exposition, just something there. But um, the reason they, like, Kit had to leave and she didn't end up going in there is because of Alora Dannon. And because Alora Dannon's been having this weird, like, allergic reaction to the troll lair the entire time, it's caused them to have to, like, you know, the it's caused the cave-ins and all this. And so, like, they had to leave because, you know, she was kind of causing... The destruction of the cave so in a sense i do understand like i'm just i'm about to find out what happened to my dad and like you're ruining it you've ruined it like this is so yeah i can understand that tension coming up like that but like she, he always chose you like uh you didn't even know she was a laura dannon but then again he did go on the quest for a laura dannon yeah yeah so i guess as i'm talking through that a bit more i'm thinking I could see that. But She's lost her dad the, because... Yeah, but taking on the quest, he chose Alora yeah. over her, even though Alora was his, yeah. Yeah, was his hidden figure, basically, that wasn't present. Correct. And everyone just keeps saying, like, 
you know, your dad wanted you to protect Delora, and she's just like, it's always about her. It's never about me. And so I, I, I can see that this time. I actually wrote down in my notes that I felt like this was actually the first justified, like, response. Mm. See, I kind of took it a little bit differently because I took that whispering to be, was that actually Mad Mardigan? Was that actually, like, your dad calling out to you from the void somewhere? Or yeah. was that, like, the crone or someone else, like, trying to tempt you and lure you in? And you had no way of knowing. And if you go through this mysterious magical doorway, who knows what could happen? You could find your dad. You could also become dead. So it was yeah. like one of those things where you don't know for sure. It wasn't your dad standing there telling you to run and protect Alora as the cave collapsed around him. It was a disembodied voice calling from a magical doorway. And you chose to believe its words. So again, not necessarily sure if that was meant to be a trap, if it was meant to be Mad Mardigan for real, or yeah. what it was. But that was my takeaway of that episode on a whole. Yeah, I was... Yeah. I mean, that's good. I was honestly hoping that they would have found something more in Wiggle, like some more magical artifacts or something in uh, Wiggleheim's tomb. You know, because I, I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, this is like the first Nelwyn that yeah, we've heard yeah. of that's like legendary and people know about him and all this and I'm just like oh this is so neat like let's learn more I'm hoping I get a little bit you know some story here maybe Willow explains like his lore yeah why is he no, famous nothing mm. because he found some treasures including the curious like what why is he buried in this like the bottom of the troll sanctum <laughs> maybe the trolls like defiled his tomb and the area around it but still yeah yeah why is it there <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, it's just we we've we've been getting some really neat story beats, some really interesting things because this world needs a lot of building because the original Willow movie didn't really do a great job with that. Right. And that's okay. That and then the fine. subsequent books can be discounted because they are not inc- really they're not canon basically. Yeah, they're not following, yeah. Yeah. What happened here. Uh which is again, that's that's fine. Totally fine. But <laughs> But I mean, like, we have this opportunity to really build this world out. Take the 30 seconds, take the extra minute, and do that, you know? But whatever. Anyway, I do kind of want to jump in and kind of go through the different parts of the episode, because we ha- we did have a lot going on in this episode, including we were opening up to the huge city again where Eric is. He's just hanging out. I love, I really like this scene, because, you know, as much as they, like, breeze past and do some humorous stuff and i'm just like oh you don't necessarily need to do that like this is great because oh, i love this part they kind of broke out of a fantasy trope where you hear the whispering of something like come to me accept this and the character is usually just like oh okay or like what's that what's that voice let me follow it and it's just like always leads to whatever uh in this case like i was like oh please don't do this eric like hears the whispering from the crone and he's just like, uh, yeah, no thanks. I'm good. Gets up and just walks out of the city. I'm like, yeah. He's like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> and just <Yeah>. goes. <laughs> it was really good. I was just like, that's perfect. That's perfect. We do end up coming back to him later on in the episode because he, even though he keeps walking and he's just like in this desert-ish mountain area, I guess. I don't know. He gets turned around and ends up coming back to the city. He gets turned around or, like, it's some kind of, like, magical, like, barrier. Spell, you can't really which, leave. You can wander, but you're going to come back. Yeah, and we, I definitely suspected as well that it's yeah. magic, but he ends up coming back. I'm just going to finish his story. Absolutely. Because I think right at the end of the episode, he ends up coming back. He drinks out of this weird fountain, 
And I was like sitting there, is that the Elixir? Yeah, um, I was like, is that the Elixir the trolls have been making this whole time? Yeah, which apparently is just liquid evil. Yeah. Liquid Not sure evil, how they make it either. They get it from people they kill. Ah, okay. I wasn't quite drawing it. I was like, is I'm not quite sure. At least that was my impression. Yeah, it seems like, yeah, they get it from people they kill. Okay. Or torture. Or torture. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, that's not good. I was like, I could definitely see that then incentivizing him to turn into evil. Yep. But then he hears this voice yelling, and this woman has been captured. Oh, was she now? Who's very, very uh, pretty. And you get that, that music at the end there where it's like, like the love music and what we know about eric is that he is definitely a man who uh appreciates the fairer sex yes and falls in love very easily apparently so it's gonna that's definitely gonna be some tension when he runs into a laura dannon and he's got this new arm candy who's probably evil in there to corrupt him well i mean alora's got graydon yeah that's true and then uh you know she's gonna show up and eric and he's gonna be like oh yeah sorry dove i'm i'm with pigeon now <laughs> Uh, I'm glad you brought up this woman being evil because it, to me, is clear and obvious this is either the crone or a crony of the crone. <laughs> because crony. this woman yeah. here is clearly, she's that, like, attractive evil is what kind of how I'm kind of viewing it. <laughs> like, she's like the, she's the evil queen who's like the fairest of them all. Going to transform into yeah. a zombie or something. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty obvious trap there, but that's okay. Once we get past Eric, we get back into, like, the trolls. They have Willow and Kit as prisoners. I really like the trolls. I like how they were presented. I love that it was practical effects, not CG. That was really well done. Honestly, it stayed true to the 80s sort of yeah, fit right in. vibe. And um, I loved how they were sort of, you know, the entire time they're grunting. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, these guys are just bestial. Or, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, couple come in and they would just start like oh hello my name is lord salas and this is my brother falcon uh, and i was like oh wow they're really well spoken oh, really polite <laughs> and then all of a sudden uh you know kit's like i'm kit of tiris lean let me out and he's like you're going to die in here sorry <laughs> he's like i'm gonna kill you having a good day <laughs> yeah i know it was it was really funny. I like that, like, um, you know, the sort of... Yeah. The cross between his polite banter and what he's actually saying was just yeah. so nice. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it was really well done. Uh, obviously, they they saw the man who claimed to be Man Mardigan, like we talked about, who ends up being Allagash. Probably one of my favorite characters in the series thus far. And the re reason I say that is because his mixture of just, like, quick wit was very much, like, Borman-esque. But he also had like a like craziness to him, which is very reminiscent of Mad Mardigan. He sort of like embodied more of Mad Mardigan, just like Borman's. Yeah, and I mean, I think to me that just shows that this in this series in this world that those types of characters are the showstoppers. That's why Mad Mardigan was so well liked because of mm -hmm. his mixture of crazy spontaneity, humor, and just kind of cool fighter you know just being the, the cool fighter guy in the party yeah absolutely so borman and the crew are sneaking in uh we find out that the trolls actually work for the crone which was good because 
that sort of explained why they wouldn't be like this advanced civilization. They're dedicated to evil because of the elixir that they're making, which the crone taught them to make, which makes them stronger and faster. And it's what apparently Graydon had inside of him, the goo that turned him evil and um, what uh, Valentine had inside of him, which I thought was interesting. So apparently if you drink the elixir, it makes you evil. Hmm. Yeah. Or brings out your inner evil. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, I don't know. I felt like I was like, "Mm, I feel like that just needs a little bit more explanation as to how that works. They're not going to because magic. Uh, But that seems to be a theme, though, in Willow so far is we just want a little bit more and then they don't quite give it to you. But it's still, you know, you can still ride with it if you're if you're riding loose. Yeah, you're willing to have a little bit of disbelief, which is yeah, which is fine because the, again, this like this episode is a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so we find out though that um, Alora is sort of allergic to this place and she can't really control it, and she sort of has this moment like we talked about last time where she's like doubting herself. She was all high on her like power, mm-hmm. and then she's like this episode she's doubting herself she's telling jade like i can't control this like i don't know how to i thought i had a handle but i really don't and it's like well yeah and you shouldn't you've only been learning how to do spells for like a week if that yeah and you're not a very good student <laughs> student either you're sometimes. a terrible student <laughs> so uh she's sneezing and like uh sort of sending out like shock waves into the earth she does end up losing shalindria's wand as her borman and jade are sort of traversing the trolldom it's funny because borman's leading them to find the curious in uh wiggleheim's tomb and once allagash and the crew escapes because of alora danon's like magical sneezes could have said thank you for that uh (laughs) allagash is leading him down to the tomb as well and so like we knew they were going to meet up yeah uh pretty quickly here and they do when uh, Borman can't find the door. Allagash shows up and they subsequently fight, which ends up with them basically slapping each other on the floor, just like a bunch of little cats. So that was kind of cute. Now, the fight scene with the trolls was a lot of fun as well, because we kind of talked about like the tomb and all that. Like they go in the tomb, they have to answer some riddles, which weren't really anything too complicated. Uh, did you watch this with Alexis, first of all? No. Okay, so when they were doing the the troll, the riddles in Wiggleheim's tomb, there were you trying to solve the riddles yourself or no? Yeah, because I've well, I've heard those before. So oh, you have you heard both of them before? I'm pretty sure I heard the like I'd heard the second one before. See, I had not heard the second one before. So oh, I, I, that yeah. was the one I had heard before. Oh, okay, and the one the one in the front the first one, I think I could have figured out, but like they said the answer pretty fast. Oh yeah, so. that one. So my wife Amy and I, we were watching them, the show together, and they did the first riddle, and we both immediately just like said the answer right before they did it on the show, and we're like, yeah, we're so good. And then it comes out with the second one, and then we're like, uh, <laughs> 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 had no idea what it was, and I yeah. I never heard that one before, and neither did Amy. And then they say nothing. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. that makes so much sense. Wow. But yeah, thought yeah. that was a little fun little bit. Again, in this in the tomb scene, though, I did want them to, everyone to kind of go in and like explore and like see some of the cool things. This would have been such a cool opportunity for world building. Yep. Just by like, oh, this is this from this Name area. Drops and a little bit. Yeah. Like start te- teasing out some more of like what's happening in the universe and everything. And 
unfortunately like that didn't happen and that's okay like they really wanted this to be sort of a quick frantic scene yeah whatever um we have them coming back out all the trolls are there like hey we're gonna kill you now <laughs> except for Laura Dannon, which apparently is like two of you so everyone else so real quick i want to mention here that we have these trolls <clears throat> who are hopped up on elixir yeah that are supposed to be bigger faster stronger than you yeah. And they're getting taken out by Kit. Well, yeah, that sword, her finding her dad's sword apparently made her the best swordsman. Yeah, so I just thought that was like a an odd little tidbit there because you have, again, these supercharged trolls getting taken out by like a 15-year-old girl, 16-year-old girl who apparently isn't even that good of a sword fighter, but she's too much for them. And I yeah. was like, okay, that, I get it because, you know, plot, but... Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I will say, too, though, they don't wear any kind of armor or no, anything. No. So, like, it's just, like, sword thrust, you're gone. So, yeah. I mean, that is one thing with them. But I agree. I was expecting a little bit more. But it was a fun little scene. You know, they you have them escaping through this great kits, having this last sort of conversation with the Allagash who gave the Curious to Borman. And he's just, like, I, injured and just, like, I'm going to have my last stand here, basically. And just protect Alora Dannon and, you know, close is a great honor. And uh, I actually think that Algash's sacrifice was more to protect Kit than Alora and kind of make up to Mad Mardigan for whatever yeah. he did with him by saving his daughter. Correct. You know, what's going to be funny is like next season, if they, or if there is a second season, I haven't looked into it and um, Mad Mardigan is in it. <laughs> And he comes back and he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, I betrayed both of you. <laughs> like, kind of I was the one that betrayed Allagash and Borman. <laughs> and then they get in an argument. No, I betrayed. No, I betrayed. Like, something like that, you know. Like, stupid. Borman's really trying to find Mad Mardigan so we can punch him in the face or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty good. Uh, anyway, so, as I said earlier, Alora Dannon lost Schlinger's wand. She finds it on the floor in this weird, like... I don't know it. It was, I thought it was lava. Hardened room. mucus, hardened evil elixir room yeah, or whatever. Yeah, not quite sure what's underneath the uh, the rock. But anyway, if a rock comes down and breaks this, it then immediately seals back up. So yeah, it's kind of weird, weird. And, uh, you know, Kit, this is the moment you were talking about. Kit's mad at Laura yeah. yelling at her. And I had said, like, this was acceptable and... You know, the rock comes down, breaks, Kit falls in. Willow can't escape and get, like, break through the rock, which is kind of weird. Uh, but then, she, like, uh, Laura Dannon is trying, and it's like, oh, no, it ends like she can't do it. But we know, like, we the next know. episode, she's yeah. just going to blow a hole in it. Right. But the interesting thing about this is that if this is the liquid evil, which I think it is, then Kit is going to be drowning in it, swallowing some of it, getting it inside of her as well, just like her brother Eric did when he took a sip out of the, the evil drink well. Yeah. I don't know, because would this be the liquid evil? Because they had that upstairs. That's the distiller, like, where they distill it. So this must be, like, Maybe I don't know. Maybe in its it, raw form? I'm not sure. No, I don't know either. I'll be, It'll be interesting. I'm sure we'll get some maybe half-baked explanation for it, but... Hopefully. <laughs> uh, hopefully we'll get something. I'm sure that'll be an interesting plot point if she is infected in some way, shape, or form. But that's the it. That's it for this episode. A lot of action in it, and it was a lot of fun. 
Yeah, definitely one of my favorite episodes of the season so far, if not my favorite, because of just how how fun it was. Like you said, it was this cool, like, dungeon romp, basically, that did feel self-contained in the fact that, you know, it all took place basically within the troll prison. Um, the one piece of unresolved information we didn't get in this episode is, did Scorpia rescue the people she came for? Um, and again, yeah. we'll find out, hopefully later maybe not but so do you think this little uh quest going on through this underground tunnel area is going to lead them to the immemorial city where eric is or do you think that they're going to come up and then still have this gigantic distance to go it wouldn't surprise me if it leads them right to it me too because there was a lot of stuff that happened in this episode that was like, wait, are they close to where Eric is? Because those two statues look similar. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, you know, either at the end of the next episode or the at least beginning of episode eight, like we'll find our way in the Memorial City because there has to be them coming to a head. Right. And Eric is now evil and there's going to be this whole, you know. Or at least we're speculating Eric is going to yeah. be evil by the time they get there. Because yeah. there's only episodes seven and eight left. So two episodes. two episodes. So we'll see if this all comes to a head or if they're banking on a season two to resolve this issue, which I don't really see how they could. And it's okay if they do have a season two, as long as they have some sort of setup confrontation. Like, you know, you we need to lead into it somehow. So either way, I'm really excited for seven and eight. I think they're both going to be pretty fun. And hopefully we get... A bit more development with or Dannon's character out of her just I suck at magic, I'm good at magic, kind of that back and forth. Like hopefully mm-hmm. at this point it's like I need to learn and she actually sits down and like has Willow teach her. Right, right. I mean I'm just at this point I'm just hoping that Alora kind of shapes up, that Kit kind of Shit. rounds the corner and stops becoming my least favorite character. Yes. Because um, I, I don't mean to be down on her every episode, but without fail so far, every episode, there's something she does Except that just last annoys episode. me. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> yeah, episode, episode five, she, well. she was okay. Yeah. But even this um, episode, when you were okay with her argument against yeah. Laura, I was like, really, Kit, again? But I know. We'll see. They I have mean, to have something between them. Yeah. They're going to end up... You know, it's going to be one of those things like they've never seen eye to eye. Kit's never liked her. They're going to have to save Eric. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to have to come together to save my brother. My love. Yeah. It's good. Yes. So it's okay. All right. So that's going to be it for our coverage of Willow episode six. So this is going to be two nerds signing off. See ya. See ya.